where I used to work, this guy came in and went, I've got all this equipment for sale, bought it, and it ended up being Frank's band's gear. Oh, no. Someone had gone into the house and stole all this <laughs> band's equipment. <laughs> Recorded live at Machine Sound London, I am your host Chaz Langston, and this is the Band Before the Band Before podcast, episode 5. Now, I've done that in a slightly different order than I normally do, just so you guys know that I do actually do a fresh one every week and I'm not lazy, in case you were wondering, which I very much doubt you were. Anyway, welcome back. Or if this is the first time you've ever listened to the show, welcome aboard. And if you didn't know what this show is all about, this is the podcast and where we take our guests way back to the very beginning. And we go through their musical journey with them right up until the point until they actually became successful. Now let me tell you about today's guest. So our guest this week is one no-nonsense, hard-hitting, badass drummer from Corby. And he's not in just one, but two awesome bands. So during this episode, we find out what it's like touring on a £2 a day budget. Yes, £2 a day. He tells us how the band used to have to sleep on park benches and have to steal anything that wasn't tied down in order to survive. How he was once too hungover to even bang a gong in a live performance and how the band became unlikely stars in a ladies' toiletry commercial. Anyway, that's absolutely enough from me. It's time to get into episode five of the Band Before the Band Before podcast with our guest, Mr. Gordon Morrison of Viking Skulls and UK metal legends, Raging Speedhorn. Here we go. Hey, I can hear you. Can you hear me? It's me, yeah. How you doing, bud? I'm all right. How are you? Really excited to have you on, man. Oh, thank you. You're my first drummer as well, no, man. No way. Actual fucking badass drummer. I am. <laughs> do you reckon you'll ever bring back? I know you've got like the long sleeve version, but do you reckon you'll ever bring back the classic sniff glue house? Yeah, it's back. It's back. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's. I do like we do like runs of it, and then we just stop it for a while, and then we'll do it again because like it's just a it's just a massive seller. Yeah. You know, it's just god knows how much you've made from that that's that great shirt. that's what you need it's isn't it insane. yeah it's nuts i mean i think people would, would who wouldn't know your band would buy it exactly you know I mean? yeah yeah exactly it's just it's one of them things it's just just keeps on selling really well <laughs> it's like you, you look at like people like my age and i'm like oh man i don't know if i'd walk around with that <laughs> but like you know, fair play on him, man. It's ace. Like, yeah. You know, fucking right. Who come up with yeah, that? Yeah. It was um, it was our mate. Yeah. Really, he did that whole design. Oh, really? The, the shirt. Yeah, it was the first ever shirt design we ever had. And he was, he just came up with it. And we've just kept it. It's fucking that's, great. You know, Catchy. Yeah. <laughs> came up with it. Like, did it all for free. Like, Amazing. you know. Yeah. Have so, you cut him in on the old t-shirt, Donna? No way. <laughs> He lives in Australia now. We don't need to worry about oh, okay, that. Okay, fucking man. He's having a good time out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he did all that. Just, I, I don't know how he really made it up. Just made it up. And that's, it's just stuck with us ever since then, really. Mate, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah, you can't, yeah. <laughs> no one else has got that shirt. No, so. definitely not. Definitely not. No. You ready to get into it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, then, man. Yeah. Let's uh, let's go back to the beginning. Where were you, where were you born? Where are you from? Well, the band actually originates from Corby, so we were all sort of born around the Corby. Well, it's Ketrin because Corby didn't have a have a its own hospital. Oh, so wow. we we're, so were all basically born in Ketrin, which is really funny because people in Corby hate people in Ketrin. <laughs> So it's like a love-hate relationship with that town, which is really funny because we're like, I'm like, well, we're all born in Ketrin, really. <laughs> it's like, don't tell anyone that. But yeah, so it's because it's more, Ketrin's more like a, sort of like a posher town. Oh, is it? Yeah, and Corby's literally like a down, well, it was a down and out. I know all about Corby. Yeah, yeah so it's like, <laughs> you know, it was that thing of we, we hated them. I don't think they really hate it, does. It <laughs> it's one like, way. Yeah. It's because they had the hospital. Is that well? And I, I actually ended up marrying a girl from Ketron. Oh, really? <laughs> really weird. But yeah, so there we were all born around sort of 
like that air, well we're all from Corby really yeah yeah so then yeah so me and Frank the singer we we grew up together as like as kids because my my parents and his parents are like best friends so oh, I've never really yeah I've never really known like Frank's more like a brother because I've never really known not him not being there which is quite cool so yeah so we sort of and then when we got older we went our separate ways and then he became like this like guy who was just like amazing at playing like he's amazing drummer frank yeah. is yeah he's like insane drummer and he's, he's he was just known as one of these guys who could just play any instrument like really well wow <laughs> so yeah and then like me and the other guys two two of the other guys were in a band and we sort of sort of me and frank and that just sort of reconnected and he was like oh let's just do a band together yeah and i was like well i'm being this i'll be the drummer and you were like well i'll just sing then and that sort of that's just sort of how it just all all sort of came about like that that was the birth of spade on yeah it was just all just friends really just getting together and just having a laugh yeah you know and it was like we just wanted to be really noisy and nasty and didn't really didn't even like you know didn't even think about record deals or anything like that it's all sort of accidentally happened <laughs> in a weird way so yeah it was never meant to be really you know? it was never meant to be that's an album title yeah it was never <laughs> never i mean we never ever wanted to be that kind of band it just sort of happened really quick like we started the band and then it all just happened so quickly that we didn't really get we were just laughing at it going what's What's, why is everybody wanting anything to do with this? It's just funny to us, you know. So it still is to a point, you know. But Well, the thing is, you're being real. Do you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. you, you've got no hidden agenda. Like you're saying, it was, it was never yeah. meant to be. But you're probably making, like, the most believable and purest music that you can. And people yeah. latch onto that. Because, yeah. like, people are looking for something that's no nonsense, no bullshit, which Raging's been on, yeah, most certainly yeah. are. Yeah, you know, people will latch on to that. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, like when we go do these festivals and stuff, and you see all these bands, but like they won't go out backstage or anything like that. And we're like, fuck that, we want to go and hang out with them people because they're like our kind of people, you know. Yeah, I don't want to sit back here being cool, like, <laughs> like, I can't be bothered with that, you know. Where some bands are like they just want to just sit backstage or be in like that area where all the bands are hanging out. It's like fuck them. Let's, let's go out there and just hang out with real people. Yeah. <laughs> you want to, you know, have a beer and just have a laugh because it's like to be honest with you, backstage and all that thing, it's quite fucking boring to be honest with you. Right. You know, because everyone's just trying to look for everybody else or, you know, want to lick each other's ass and fuck that. I yeah. can't be, I've never been bothered with that kind of thing. So it's like, we're, so yeah, we, I'd rather be out there with my mates or hanging out with other people like that, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, I mean, we've always thought, thought that, you know, when people used to go, oh, why are you, why are you out here? And stuff? I'd be like, don't want to be back there. It's so boring. Yeah. You know, I'd rather be out here getting pissed and having a laugh with everybody else. <laughs> right, man. So, yeah. Be with the people. Exactly. Yeah. At the end of the day, they're the way, if they weren't if it weren't through them, you wouldn't be doing it anyway. Absolutely, so. man. Yeah, mate. That's so good that you you guys think like that. Yeah, yeah. That's why you got such a solid loyal fan base, isn't it? Obviously. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You know, it's getting yeah. It's, it's I mean, it's weird now because like because we're getting to that sort of age of a band. It's like you see these dudes coming like their kids now and you're like, fuck, like what's going on? And the <laughs> yeah. kids are just like blown away by it all. They're like, what the fuck? Cause we haven't really changed, you know, right. we're still the same idiots like as we were <laughs> as kids. Cause it's, and they're like, fuck, like, they can't really get what's going on. And I'm like, I quite like that. Yeah. Yeah. How it always been. So yeah. yeah, it's quite cool. Yeah. All right, man. Growing up, what was your household like? Did you have a musical household, your musical family? Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, my dad sort of turned me on to, like, ACDC and stuff like that. And, like, they didn't, my mum and dad didn't really play any instruments, really. My dad sort of tried to play guitar and stuff, and he got my brother a guitar, and I'd be like, oh, can I have one? And my dad was like, fuck off, you'll, you'll <laughs> have it for five minutes and you'll just throw it away, you know, like, because I was quite a, like that as a kid. 
And I was like, oh, I want a drum kit. And he was wouldn't buy me one for ages. And then he just bought me one. Yeah. And that was it. You know, it's just like, that was, that was it. Do you know what it was that made you want to start playing drums? I don't really, I don't really know, to be honest with you. It's just, to be honest with you, it was because we had a drum kit at school and I, I hated school. Right. But it was just like, I just wanted to go in there and just play drums and like, just, I don't know, just spark something off, really. Yeah. Just, I was like, oh, I want to be a drummer. And that, that was it, really, you know. What kit did I have at your school? Uh, it was just like, oh, like it was, it was fucked. You yeah. Know? It was like an old sort of premier kit, you know, it didn't have any Tom legs or anything. It yeah. was just, it was just wrecked. But I was just like, oh, just, you know, it just, I think sometimes an instrument just gets you or if you want to, like, and that was it, you know. And I think it was like Nirvana, like Nirvana and all that was out then. And I was just like, fuck, I want to be, I want to be like him. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it, you know. And it was just, it just sort of grabbed me from there. Amazing. So what was the kit that your dad got you? Well, well, actually, it weren't my dad who got me. It was my uncle, and it was a stolen drum kit. <laughs> <laughs> so it was nicked from some from someone's someone's house. I like, you know, so my, uh, my family are like, <laughs> <laughs> like crims. So like literally there was like a night just before Christmas, my uncle came down and he was like, get in the car come with me so my dad and my uncle and me went to this like this um alleyway pissing down rain <laughs> and he opened like knocked on the garage the garage door opened and there was a drum kit there and he went well that do you and i was like yeah wicked and he was like wicked like shit there you go then no way and that was it that that's the reason that, and it's all through that that's the reason why you know i got i got that kit and that was it, you know. And then I had, you know, I had to go to work and buy another kit. I never got anything for free, you know. I had to, I had to work for it. So it's like, it was the best way to be honest with you, because know? everything I got, I actually appreciated. But like that kit, he was like, never play it out. No, you're not you got, got to just leave it in your bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Gotta let no one see it. Nah, but if it went through that. Some poor fucking lost his drum kit, but like it made me, you know, it's like. Well, <laughs> I, they must have not lived near you or been frightened of your family because if you were playing, they'd be like, I don't know. I think I know where my kit is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what. But like, that's a funny, it's a funny sort of story because like before Speed On started, Frank was in this other band called Soul Seller, like a metal band. And this guy came in where I used to work. This guy came in and went, I've got all this equipment for sale. And I was like, oh, fuck, like, what you got? And he was, like, telling me oh, i got bass and all. Because I, I play guitar as well. I was like, oh, I'll have it all. How much do you want for it? Like, 200 quid or something. I thought, fuck, that's cheap. I bought it, and it ended up being Frank's band's gear. Oh, no. Like, the guy, <laughs> someone had gone into the house and stole all of the band equipment. <laughs> And I ended up with it. And that's how I ended up meeting some of the guys in Speed on the first time. <laughs> it's crazy. What what well, what happened? How did that like well, I think like my dad because my dad and Frank's dad are like best friends. They used to work at they used to run a garage together. Yeah. And my dad sort of came home and said, That's all that's all Frank's fucking band's gear. I was like, oh fuck. And I was like, oh, I'm just gonna have to give him it back because one like they were quite they were quite a known band around our area. Right. And I was like, I don't want to get on the fucking wrong side of all them boys, like mm. you know. And it's Frank as well. And I was like, fuck, just come tell me come and get it all. So the guy who used to work work with me, he didn't really turn up again after <laughs> I bought it. But then the stupid twat ended up going down to my dad's and Frank's garage to get his car fixed. So Frank's dad slapped him, got all the money back. So I got my money back. Oh, so you got back. your money back. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mate, that is a fucking brilliant story. Yeah. So that's the that's sort of how we sort of I met the bass player and stuff. The original bass player from yeah. Speed was all because of that. Fucking hell, man! Yeah, that's oh, that's fucking, completely stumped me. That's yeah. brilliant. But like where, but where we come, where we come from, it's changed now. It's quite a nice town, but like before, when we were kids, there was like nothing to. It was nothing. It was just nothing to do. Yeah. Like, you know, there was no train station or bus. Well, there was a few buses going to the next town, but that was that was about it. You yeah. know, so there was, there was no cinemas or any. It was just a dead end, run down, <laughs> big town, you know, because 
you know, because it was a it was a British steel town. So when that went, there was just fuck all to do. Right. <laughs> so it was just like fighting or play music, basically. Right. So we we did we did that. I did fighting as well, but it was just, <laughs> it was just nuts. It was just a weird like. When I go home now, I can't believe it's the same town. Oh, you're not living there anymore. No, I, I live in Wales. I've lived in Wales oh, for, nice. like, for like two, uh, since the band sort of started. I moved from there to Wales. So nice. Yeah. But it ain't too, uh, you know, like when we practice and stuff, because we're all over the place now. So usually we like, I'll go up because three of them live in Stoke. So I usually, we usually just go to Stoke. So it's, or we, or we still go back, but we're rehearsing back in Corby this weekend. So you know, it's still sort of the base, the base of it's all still around that area. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's weird because it's only me and Frank who are based, who are from Corby now, who are actually in the band, which is, which is quite weird, but, you know, they're all still like us. So it just yeah. Don't really <laughs> they still fit you know, the bill. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the only one that's a bit different, well, he was different. He's, he's, come around to our thinking is Andy from a hundred reasons he plays and he plays bass oh, for us oh, yeah he's been in the band for like three four years oh great but like he's yeah he's he fits in like he was just straight in fitted in really yeah. well but we've known them for years we've known him for years because we toured the same sort of circuits together yeah so, so yeah it's, it's great it's, it's awesome so yeah that's how we started really one two three four oh, Oh, sorry, sorry. So, who were early influences for you back in the day, like drumming wise? I just like it was just all Dave Grohl for me when I was a kid. It was all him. I didn't really care about anyone else. Like that's that he's the guy who sort of I learned from because you know I used to have it on. Like I used to have like this DVD of Nirvana playing, and I just go through it, just like bit by bit, just. Stop it. And that's how I learned how to play drums. Really. Are you self-taught? Yeah, yeah. I've never had a lesson in my life. I mean, like when we started Speedhorn, I was fucking like, it was good that Frank was there because Frank would be like, that's fuck it. You're not playing that right. And he'd sort of right. teach me how to do stuff. Because I went, I was only playing drums for like two, year, two years. And really? Before, two, three years before Speedhorn started. Wow. And like, I, you know, like I went into that band with like, Frank and Gareth and Darren, who are like literally fucking like amazing musicians. So you had to sort your shit out or else you wouldn't, <laughs> or else you're not, you're not lasting, you know, not especially with Frank. He's like, he's really on it with stuff like that. So you have to be, you need to be on your game or else it's bad times. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still like that now, you know. With, with me and Frank, because like because we've played together for so long, we'll just come up with a riff, and it we'll have to, you have to know it straight off the bat. You have to be bang on it. But that's just that's the way we we write, and the way we are. So yeah, we yeah. So it's sort of just like the, the band sort of it's all accidental how it all happens, you know? Because we were, we played together, then something happened, and Frank was like, right, let's just do a band. And it was like that night, it was just, that, that was it. It just happened. Yeah. <laughs> that was the band, you know. So he was a real driving force throughout the whole thing. Yeah, I think, I think all of us sort of, we sort of, the thing is with all of us, we were all just, all just, just wreckheads really when we were <laughs> kids. We didn't really take things like seriously, you know, we just, just wanted to have fun. And then it was just like one night, our friend, he was in a band called Cubanate, which were quite a big band back in the day. He walked past from coming back from America. He was like, oh, what's that band? And came in. He was like, right, I've got a mate who might want to be interested. And that guy worked for uh, TFI Friday. Right. And then he came down to see us and he was like, right, I can get you some gigs. And then it just rolled from there. And that was it. Like, you know, out of nowhere, we were like, well... We were playing decent shows, but then it went. But then our manager was like, "Right, you're going to play. Right, we're going to buy you three tents. You can. We're going to rent you a van, 
and we're going to give you just dates. And back then, like, internet wasn't a big thing. Yeah. So he just send us, like, posters, dates, and it'd be, like, fucking, like, month dates every <laughs> month. And we'd sleep in tents, and we had £2 a day each. £2 a day. Yeah. So it was, like, 12 quid between us to live off her. And that's how we, we did that for four years, like, sleeping on park benches and everything. Really? Yeah, just on tour all the time. Mate. Talk about cutting teeth. Yeah, that's just the way we did it. It's like, you know, and we'd moan about it, and he'd be like, "That's exactly what you said to me in the meeting. Like, that's this is how you wanted to do it. So this is how we're doing it. We're going to start from the bottom, and we're going to do it properly." And that's you know, and then it just, but then you know, we did that for years, and then the next, and then the next minute, it just went bang, and it was just like we were everywhere then, and we were like, "How the fuck did that happen?" Yeah. But it just came out of nowhere, you know. It's just we're you're on this tour, you're on that tour, and then it just and then it just went nuts after that. So yeah, it was just fucking. It was so hard, you know. There was a point where I was in a van in December, all of us sleeping in a van with no like we used to go out with no. It we weren't a split van. It weren't a, like a van with seats. It was just a van, mm-hmm. and we'd sleep on our cabs and drums and everything. And it was. There was one night I was like, this is in like December, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't, yeah. like, literally, I'm physically fucked from this. And then, literally, I think it was like a couple of days later, our manager was like, Right, you're on tour, Biohazard. We've got a tour bus. We're off to America. We're off to Europe for eight weeks. And then after that, that was it. Like, it just went nuts after that. Amazing. Was your manager Dave Bianchi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know yeah. Dave. I might be seeing him later on tonight, actually. Oh, he's a legend, he is. He is I love yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a legend, man. It's like, even now to this day, you know, like, if I've got anything to ask him, you know, I'll ask him and he'll, you know, he'll help me out as much as he can. Yeah. You know, and it's the, like, that's the thing with, like, because he's from Corby as well, isn't he? That's so right, it's like, yeah. you know, it's like that thing of, you know, like, it was Ace back then because it was like, him like us so it's like and then like our guys the tour managers like the, we're all from corby and we're all like we all knew each other so it was like you know it's like these eight corby dudes yeah. like just fucking blagging everything and seem to get away with it <laughs> which is ace <laughs> you know you couldn't yeah you, without him it'd have been it'd, like the band would never have done anything to be honest with you oh really nah it Did- was all it was all dave really know? yeah i'm sure he'd agree with that as well <laughs> probably but he, you know you speak to him like there's been a few times where you know we're on tour with slipknot and like me like a load of us some of us went back and a few of us stayed out and we just got fucked with that with slipknot and um <laughs> like me and Daz went back and we, us two together, shouldn't that, like, shouldn't happen. And I was like, Daz, let's just throw the table out the window. And it was like four <laughs> stories up. I was like, fuck it, let's just do it. And the next minute, like, it's out the window. And like, Dave was like in his bed and he's told me, he's like, he's just had this massive smash. And he was like, nah, it's not them. And then next minute, I just boom, bowling through in my, in my box. He's like, <laughs> Has it's just thrown the table out the window, and literally, I've never seen Dave like he looked, and he was going, "I can't take this anymore." <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, "Fuck this!" <laughs> and he, him and him and our tech had to go and hide the table because it was just like fucking obliterated. <laughs> I don't know how he. I don't know how he lasted so long with us. To be honest with you, yeah. Did he come up with the name? Yeah. He did. Well, sort of. I think him and our guitarist were at, uh, like at Reading or something. And yeah. they sort of both came up with a name together. What were you guys called it. before that? I can't even remember. I don't even think we really had a name. Really? So Dave was looking after you and you were just like, just this crazy nameless band from Corby. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was sort of like, he was sort of getting his shows and stuff. He weren't really sort of being our manager then. Right. And then because he, he worked for Green Island, Green Island Records at mm-hmm. the time. And then we had a few meetings with them. 
And then Dave came on as our manager then. But again, again, like that was so long ago that Dave was like, I don't even think he really knew what he was doing back then. Right. Honestly, you know, I think we were all just, you know, he was, well, you know, Dave is, yeah. he's a bit, he's a blagger at the best of times, <laughs> you know, and I just, he's got the gift of the gab. He certainly that, has. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's, you know, and he just got his amazing stuff which was just insane for us back yeah. then. Yeah, the guy's a genius, man. He's a legend, man. Yeah, he's he so is cool. a legend, indeed. Big he's, up Dave Bianchi. Yeah, he's a good lad, you know. And again, like, it's it's great that we've sort of, you know, because Ben sort of shit sort of started going sh- going shit. He was just like, he was just so busy with other bands and he was mm-hmm. going into, like, that sort of indie kind of genre. And I could, you know, like, he weren't making money out of, like, like realistically like metal bands and stuff they don't really make the money no to be honest with you yeah you know and it's like he you know like well dave just wants <laughs> dave wants to make money at the end of the day like he's trying to live in you know and that's what he's done and i'm i'm you know what i'm proud of him because he's done fucking well for himself yeah he fucking has man but yeah i mean again it's it's just really nice to still sort of have dave around yeah, Uncle to. Dave's always there if yeah, you need him. Yeah, he's always there. I always remember messaging him about something and he went, I'll sort that. No one says no to me anymore. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> just like, I just, I thought, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no one says no to me. <laughs> it was like, I fucking love him. <sighs> a ledge. Was Speedhorn your first band then that you were in? I was in another band for a while with with John and Tony, the original guitarist. Right. We did like a couple of shows and then it was like, yeah, straight into Speed on. Yeah. Which was fucking like, it sort of blew my mind really. Because I didn't like, I was quite a sh- I was quite shy then because I didn't really know what, what I was supposed to do or not. Like the other boys were just wild and I was just there going, fuck it, like, what, like, am I supposed to be like, you know, I was just like really, didn't really know what to make of it all which is quite strange now thinking about it, but I was just, I didn't know what fucking, what it was all about. I was just like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. Out of nowhere, like playing like proper shows and being on tour and stuff like that. I mean, being like, I think I was only like 18 or something. Really? Yeah, I must have been only 18. So I just sort of didn't really know what was going on. But luckily I had like a mum and dad who were like, just fucking go and do it. Yeah. Don't worry about anything. Whereas, you know, some of the other lads were like, their parents were not happy about it. My mum and dad were like, just fucking just go and do whatever you want to do. Don't worry about anything. Just, yeah. You know, which was ace, to be fair. So, yeah, so I was a bit like, what the fuck? And then, like, meeting Dave as well. He was, he's Dave. And I was like, who the fuck? You're like, this guy's fucking mad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Was like, he was the perfect manager for you guys. Man, there was no one, there was no one ever better for us, you know? Nah. There was no one. I don't think anyone would be able to handle us because we're just too fucking wild. Mm. But then back then, like, you know, he was only in his 20s, so, or late 20s. So he was just as mad as we were, yeah. you know. So it was just like, you didn't, sometimes you didn't know if he was your manager or your bandmate because it was just, <laughs> you know, it's just, it was just not. I'm sure if you asked him about some stories, he's got some fucking bangers. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to see Dave. I ain't seen him in so long, like properly. Uh, last time I seen him, he came to a speed on show. Oh, he did. Years. Yeah, oh, great. I bet he loved that. Yeah, he was. Well, he helped put it on, which was ace. So yeah, it was ace. It was really cool to see him. But like, you know, he was. <laughs> he's just missed the big now, isn't he? Yeah. Like you know, it was just like uh, big dick, big dick Dave now, isn't he? No one says no to big dick Dave. <laughs> <laughs> What was the name of your first band, man? It was a band called Box. So it was, and then the other band with Frank was in was called Soul Seller. Right. But they, like, yeah. So then we sort of, I don't, yeah, it just sort of all came around just like that, really. And it's, yeah. Yeah. And then Dave got on board and it was just, fucking go out on tour for fuck all money. And just <sighs> do it that way. Which, you know, I think it was the best thing because it, you know, it taught us how to play 
Yeah. Together, you know, and just, you know. It's sink or swim, isn't it, when you're getting thrown, yeah. thrown to lions it, like it, that? It was, it was, you know, like some venues would go and ask for some water and they'd be like, you ain't a weekend band, so you don't have any water. You'd be like, what the oh, fuck? Fucking hell, really? Honestly, it's like, it was crazy. Like the stuff we had to do just to get by, like, I'd fucking like, we'd all be nicking everything just to get, you know, because we had no money. We'd even, well, mate, if you're not getting water, what are you going to do? Uh, it was either like, like two pounds a day. We'd all club in. It'd either be like a couple of bottles of QC, fucking sherry. Or like a sandwich. <laughs> We'd usually go for the QC <laughs> than anything else. Sherry. Why Sherry? Because <laughs> it was the cheapest shit we could find. It's like, get some bottles. And I always remember Daz smashing one and we all literally kicked shit out of him. We were so upset. <laughs> Fuck. I've only got one bottle between six of us now. <laughs> I can't pitch you boys drinking Sherry. That's... Oh, mate. But yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, you gotta do do to have a good time. <laughs> oh, mate, you should have gone for the white lightning or something like that. I don't know why we started QC uh, Sherry. It's like it was horrible as well. Oh, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. You do. <laughs> so if you're on two pound a day, you got a needs must, doesn't it? Mate, when I tell people that, they're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> How are you supposed to live on that? <laughs> that's Even quite, back then. Mate, that's certainly not minimum wage. That's mad. <laughs> that's mad. <laughs> oh, mate, you're better off. Oh, you're almost better off of nothing, really, isn't you? Mate, honest to God. Just fucking eating out of bins and everything. Like, it was fucking <laughs> I was going to say, do you, uh, is it fond memories? Yeah, it's the best times, really, because it's like, because, you know, when you're that age, you don't really give a don't fuck give a anyway. Fuck, no. You know, no, no one did, you know. And you'd ne- hardly ever be home, so you'd never get any shit off of, like, your mum and dad or anything like that. You're just on the road all the time. Yeah. It was just fucking good times. Yeah. And just, like, you know, you'd stay at someone's house and you just literally, when they gone to work, you just nick everything out, <laughs> of, the, out of the fridge and you're fucking back on the road, loving life. <laughs> Honestly, like, just take anything. And luckily, like, we had a, we had this awesome um, music shop where I used to live. So, like, I was terrible for it. I'd steal everything, yeah, like, musical-wise, and take it in the van and then fucking get it home and then sell it to him. <laughs> and then make some money that way. <laughs> you know, it's like... There's a common fame here. Yeah. I remember, like, <laughs> me and Frank stole this whole drum kit and the guy came up to us and said do you know where my drum kit is? And I was like, no. And it was in the back of our van and we drove <laughs> off. It. Had someone bring his whole drum kit out and he didn't even know it was his packet. I actually had him pack it in the back of the van. Oh, mate. And then we took it because we just had no money. We just had nothing. Yeah. It was like, do that. Or like, I always remember like, when we were on tour with a band and this guy was like looking at me, pointing at me. And I was like, what? What the fuck are you pointing at? And then he literally we stopped and he jumped on stage like, that's my snare drum, you little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh fuck. Is this why you were like, doing your set? Yeah. And he yeah. Was, I was like, fuck, I did nick that like six months ago <laughs> from this town. <laughs> so, <fuck>. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking well bad. Oh mate. Well bad. I can't believe I used to do that. I'd feel like fucking that's, but it's just when you, you were young, got, when we're young, got, but when you've got nothing and you're trying to do it, you have to just do stuff to get on by. I yeah. Suppose. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, I'm so sorry. I'm so late. The buses were, and there was like, oh, and I could see you bought in all the equipment already. That is not cool. Whose beers are those? I'm fucking gasping. Let's rock. What do you think the, is the worst gig you've ever done? Oh, fucking hell. There's been a few. There's been too many. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, we've done some fucking... Well, the worst one I think we ever did in Japan, we all went out and got fucking steaming. And then we had to play this baseball stadium, this festival. Yeah. Literally none of us could play because we were so hungover. <laughs> 
I literally looked around at Frank and he was just being sick at the side of the stage, like literally couldn't <laughs> play. Couldn't. Play. I remember coming off and the, the label, Japanese label said, if you play like that again tomorrow, we're dropping you. Cause we oh, can't. really? Yeah. Shit. We were like, fuck. Literally couldn't. We, I don't even know how we got to the venue. It was We were so hungover. Just fucking hanging so hard. Oh, fuck it. What have you been up to the night before? Frying tables just, out of yeah, hotels. Yeah, just getting wrecked. Just like, it, like didn't go bed. <laughs> Stayed up all night. And we've been drinking all the way there on the plane. So we were just fucking levered by the time we even got to Japan. We went out, got more fucked. Fucking hell. I just remember them trying to knock us all up. And we just could, I couldn't wake up. I was just like, what? The f-? And I demanded like this massive gong. <laughs> well, from like Sabian, because I was endorsed with Sabian then. And I was like, I want this fucking huge gong. And literally, they brought it to the venue, to the to this festival. And I didn't hit it once because I was so, like, <laughs> I was just like, just get me off. I'm, I'm dying here. Like, I don't, <laughs> don't, it was the hottest day as well. It was oh, so really? hot. It was brutal. Oh, it was, mate. <laughs> that, that was sounds brutal. In front of thousands of people. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah. So that was bad. That's probably the worst. What do you think is the best gig you've ever done? Oh, I think for that, I think it. Like when we were starting out, I think the best one was uh, Ozfest. Yeah, that was like the. I find I think that was the turning point for us then. Yeah, definitely because that was the first big festival we'd ever played, and when we went on, it was just it was. I'd never seen that many people before in front of us and i was like holy holy fuck this is crazy yeah and I, yeah because that was just insane how many people were there is this the milton Keynes bowl one yeah that was with yeah. like pantera and yeah yeah, yeah all that. Man, that, how long ago that was that was like 20, 20 yeah 20 or 21 year ago or something. 21 years ago but that was yeah. like the one where i was like fuck this is insane if i don't do anything else in this band this like that memory will just stick with you. Yeah. It was just nuts. It was just crazy, you know? And I think Bianchi was really like worried about it as well. Cause again, like we'd gone out like the night before and into like, <laughs> to meet all our mates in the campsite. And like, I don't think we really came back and dad's went missing. Our bass player went missing and he took loads of ease and he was just <laughs> off the dead in like, Bianchi was like, where is he? And he just came in with like no shoes and socks on, like covered in mud. And he was just like, just get on the fucking stage. And he sort of like gave him some shoes. And we just went on stage and just did that. Did you smash it though? Yeah, it was amazing. Fucking it was the best awesome. Gig, probably one of the best gigs I've ever played like that was. Yeah. I don't think you can ever sort of get over that really. It was just, that was definitely a turning point, I think, for us getting other new, getting stuff and that. But yeah. That's what I was going to say. So my next question was going to be, do you remember the point where you thought, we're doing it. I'm doing it. I fucking look where yeah. I am. I think that was that, that. Yeah. But I think being on tour in Europe with a band called Biohazard, that that sort of, I remember being on tour and is having like some food and Bianchi getting the phone call and saying, right, you're, you've got Ozfest. And I was like, fuck me. This is Amazing. next level shit now. Yeah. You know, and that was it, you know, and it just went on and on. It went from that to as headlining co-headlining like a story and stuff like that mm. which to us we thought it was really funny because we never really thought about being that kind of band of like yeah. playing in kind of venues you know i don't know i don't know if it weren't if it was through like it's not really caring or just not really believing in what we could do you know, i think sometimes that's been our downfall really is not believing in what we can do in sort of hiding behind that thing of, oh, you've got to be a pissed person. You know what I mean? Do you think? Because we had that. We, yeah, because I think we had we've, we had that and we've still got that kind of reputation of being drunken tits. We're realistically like, we know what we're doing, yeah. but it's like it's that thing. It's like a barrier, isn't it? It's like yeah. Frank's definitely got that. He can't go on stage without having a drink. He finds it really hard. Right. It's like he changes from like because he's such a nice dude, yeah, <laughs> like in real life. But then when he gets up there, he just becomes like this arrogant, uh, like bit of a dickhead. And he's not like that really in real life 
anymore. But like, I think, I think that's anymore. <laughs> well, he's, I mean, we're all, we're all like that. Yeah. But again, I don't know if we were just playing up to the thing of our Corby bruises, horrible people. And I think we just played up to it a bit. Yeah. Really, you well, know. You need to flip a switch when you get on stage as yeah. well, especially if you're fronting yeah. the band. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're all still, I mean, I can't, I can't say enough, but like when we still go out, we're still a bit like that now. But yeah. I don't think we mean to be that like that, you know. No. It's the Corby in you. But it just, yeah, I think it just comes across as with that, where we're not really, if people sit and talk to us, we're quite nice people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Frank can be an arsehole, but he's, I, I like it like that, though. I like him being, he's a front man, he's supposed to be like that. I mean, like, like, I mean, I always think to myself, it's like, with like bands and stuff is you should always just be nice to, nice to each other it's like you know my dad always said to me and it's true always be nice to people because when you're going up it's nice you know it's you can be a bit of a dick but you shouldn't be and on the way down then people see you yeah or treat you like a fucking idiot and it's true you yeah, know man. like you just always be nice to people cause yeah it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to be nice does it no it don't you know? it especially don't. with me like what i do like after speed on, like I had to go and obviously do when the band had some time off that seven years. So I went and just started the van business. Yeah. And then when we got back together and Frank was there, he was still like that had that thing, you know, a bit, bit of a swat. And I was like, you've got to watch what you're doing because I know all these people now. Like I yeah. work like these people hire me or I know all the promoters and stuff because I work with them all. Yeah. So you can't be like, cause you're making me look a dickhead now, <laughs> you know, cause I'll, like next week I'll have to come back here with another band tour managing him or whatever mm. and then I'm going to have to deal with that with what you have done so don't do it right and he sort of gets it now you know because it's yeah. like it's nice you know it's it's nice to be that dickhead but it's like I've got to deal with that next week when I'm back yeah. here. <laughs> like you're a fucking idiot oh fuck. you know it's like it's not nice so you're tour managing bands now as well well I, well, I did that for you I did that for years and then when speed on started up again it was only supposed to be for one gig so it was never like a big thing oh really now, yeah now the band's sort of because we've been back together for like eight years now so right. it's like it's getting busier so now i've and i've had a kid in that time congratulations so like, oh. yeah i mean she's five now yeah in wild I was a bit late with my congratulations then. <laughs> yeah, but like I don't want to be on tour all the time. I can't be. Yeah. I can't. I can't be on tour with doing that and then coming home and then being on tour with speed on. It just don't work. Right. Yeah. So with the vans, I can make money from being having a base at home. Yeah. When I go on tour, it's it's I'm going on tour with my band, going you know doing stuff for that just makes it easier. My wife's a lighting designer for theatre, so she's on oh, tour right. all Amazing. the time as well. So we've got a sort of, we're like passion ships right. constantly. Yeah, it must be hard, but man. It is, but it works. Yeah. You know, if we're together too long, we don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> we piss each other off too much, but yeah. But, it's just, it's, but, but that's because we're used to just doing this kind of thing. Yeah. You know, which is nice. Can you remember the story of how you guys ended up getting signed? Well, it was like, I remember Bianchi saying, like, because it was P, uh, ZTT, and it was like, we had like meetings backwards and forwards with him and stuff, because they're not even, a, they're not a metal label at all. They're just like an, an 80, like they did like Frankie Goes to Hollywood and all that. Stuff. Oh, really? It was nothing to do with like, we were never signed to like a metal label in the UK. Really? No. Not at all. I just assumed that you were like on Roadrunner or something. No, no. We were signed to Green Island Records and the guy who did that, Dave worked with, and he did like Mark Morrison and fucking Gabrielle in something. I can't, he had something to do with All Saints or something. I can remember that getting bannered around. Right. And he was like this big Rastafarian dude. Like, right. And like we, we went with him because Dave was there and then like, I don't know, I think the guy, the Rastafarian guy had something to do with um, SPV. He had some connection and that's how we signed with them. Right. And they, they did like, oh God, they did loads of like proper 
big banging 80s bands so like yeah. they have loads they have loads uh, to be honest with you i think we're a bit of a tax haven you know <laughs> like they just but like fuck how can we get rid of some of this money we'll just blow it on that silly metal band <laughs> you know but like hey it works for everyone you no know, man like they you know like they gave us a deal and they you know they put us on tour they gave you two pound a day <laughs> you know but no that's that's when we started getting a little bit of money all oh, right got you you know there's always that thing of where the fuck's our money like we're selling loads of t-shirts and like we'd never get any money and stuff and we were like what the? i remember being backstage at, at um ozfest kicking off like we've got no money we're playing these big festivals and stuff we've got nothing we've got no and he just like he's he was known for it he just like go like disappear and come back with loads of 50 pound notes and they just give you loads of 50 pound notes <laughs> and then like, fuck like just to shut money. you up yeah yeah but it was like there was a point where i think sp spv we were like we've got no money we can't like we can't live like this like it's good that we're doing all this shit but we ain't got nothing got yeah. no money at all and I, my spv i think took tried like to try to take him to court or something but then he declared himself bankrupt or something like that right i remember right and it was like a lot of money like merchandise money because we were like the second biggest selling merchandise band at ozfest that that day really with the t-shirt with the uh sniff glue how satan yeah so think about how much that was uh, mate that's mega bucks you're the second biggest selling band yeah. I mean, and it, was it must like, be seconds of Sabbath then, I guess, right? Yeah. And it was like, we were selling loads of merch at that point. And just no one could really sort of tell us where the money where the money was. So we were like, this ain't good. Like, we've got no, like, literally st- living at home with your parents with no money after being on. And that's when my dad was like, there's something fucking going Something's on here. You right. should have money now. Yeah. Or like. Not saying like because you're playing them festivals, but you've been on tour forever. You know, you're signed to a decent label. Where's all the money going? And it was just right. like, yeah, I've got fuck all. <laughs> That's fucking savage. Yeah. Yeah. And like we sort of fell out with Dave for a while and stuff as well. But, you know, it's just one of them things, isn't it? It's just yeah. like you signed a deal at such a young age that I think anyone could have put anything up in front mm-hmm. of us and we'd have went fucking yes it's gonna get us out of Corby and tour and fucking all that let's just fucking do it realistically we should have looked at it a bit better <laughs> but at the end of the day as I always say it's like that shit helped us get to like our band still going now to this day yeah, yeah. Not, many, not many bands from that era of our kind of whatever you call it metal or whatever like it's not a going well none the, really is there yeah we're the only one yeah so i'm quite i'm you know quite proud of that because it's been fucking hard work to do what we're doing again and everyone was so glad to see you guys come back as well yeah yeah i was quite i was i was really shocked when we got when we said we were going to come back and do a couple of shows so many people were jumping on it yeah which was ace you know where were your first couple of shows first one was Corby, then we played Sonosphere the next day. Oh, no way! It's fucking yeah, great. Headlined the tent, so yeah. yeah. You headline the tent. That's great, man. To come back and fucking yeah. headline the tent straight away. Yeah. And then it just went on from there. Just was like, I mean, some even now, like sometimes you get offered stuff, and it's like the fees are shit or something like that. But like, it might because I've got I sort sort of run the band now, right? So it's, it's really hard because like you know because the band don't really listen to me like, <laughs> like i'm the one like i'm sitting at home all the time like yesterday i was like right got a talk i'll book all the hotels and like they're just there on like facebook taking the piss out of each other and i'm there like <laughs> fucking five hours of fucking booking all these hotels and sorting everything else out because they just they ain't got a fucking clue bless them yeah you know, and it's just, oh, Gordon knows how to do it. He can do all that. I'm like, fucking hell, you know. I'm paying, you're getting as much money as I'm getting out of it, and I'm yeah. talking to him about it, but I don't mind at the end of the day. You have to. Yeah. If I want to do it, that's just the way it is, Yeah, you know. Unfortunately, you're the one with the experience in it now as well, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you asked Frank, and he, like, today, I was like, right, we're supposed to be in the studio this weekend. 
I'll Frank is like, I'll book it. I'll sort it all out so we can do some demos. Today, I was like, right, I'll book all the hotels so we know where we're staying. Booked them all yesterday. Frank rings me today. Oh, the guy's just cancelled on me. I'm like, fuck's sake. <laughs> I've just booked these hotels. <laughs> you know, like, oh. I wish I just went, let me just book it all. And yeah. I'll, you know, I'll make yeah. sure it's going to happen. Yeah. And then, like, we end up practising close like back close to home i'm like book practice oh it's fully booked i'm like all right i'll have a look then go online book it in like 10 seconds i'm like well it's all booked now yeah oh no it's fully booked i was like it's not because i've just booked it <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it's like that all the time and then i think to myself fucking no wonder bianchi fucked us off because we're fucking too much drink. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like, fuck's sake. I used to have long hair before I started this band. Fucking honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's all been going really well to a point, you know, I wish we still had someone like Dave on our side a bit more. Yeah. You just have to just roll roll with it. You and just, yeah. If you have to do it yourself or, I mean, we'd luckily we're, we've got a few people who were like want to help us out again now so we'll see how that goes but it's that thing now i'm so worried about giving it to somebody yeah and totally then, and then them fucking it up yeah because like we had a manager for the last album up to up to when it released and he was just to me he just weren't all. the thing is is i've had the only manager i've ever had is bianchi yeah so i'm so i'm which is a wicked thing but i'm always looking at what he did yeah looking at what, what this other guy did and i was like he ain't got fucking clue i know how to do it better than he does yeah you know and it's just like well bianchi did this why his knee not doing that you know yeah. and it was just like, you know what fuck yeah. fuck off i don't i don't want nothing to do and it was just like you could there was just bits of stuff starting to happen i was like where's our money oh you've got no money in your account well how come before when i did it before you came on board I, I, we always have money in our account yeah you know what i mean yep. it was that and then he sort of we fired him and then like a month later we had 10 grand sitting in our account and i was like well there you go why did we have no money wow yeah you know and i was just like there's money going somewhere and i don't like it <laughs> so i'm taking it back yeah and it shows you've done it if like and even to this even now people still try and fuck you over even when you've been doing it for so long it just shows you, like, if you're not sort of got your head in it, yeah, some someone can do that to you. Absolutely, and like the ball's more in your court this time around as well, isn't it? Because like where you guys reformed, you've still got that solid fan base. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's not like you're starting again. You're no. like you're there. There's work there for you. That people want to see. People want to yeah. buy your records. People want to buy your t-shirts. Yeah. But it's like that thing. Like we've always been like that kind of band. Like yeah we've got that that happening but we want to do better than that now you know yeah and that's the good thing we went on tour with a band called skin dread who were like playing big venues and we were supporting them and we were going down just as good as they were right and it just you know and it just shows you like if you just put the effort in if you and i think now it's like when you're younger you don't really appreciate what you've got you know because it just sort of happened and like you're on these big stages all the time you sort it sort of comes the norm in a weird way yeah where like when we left it and then we've come back and we're doing this again not to that well i mean still playing fest big festivals and stuff you look look you, you've you sort of appreciate it more yeah you know definitely do like i just appreciate if people turn up to a show you know and just it's wicked in a small venue i'm well happy with that where like before we probably well we probably wouldn't even have thought about it because it was like, oh yeah that, we know wouldn't even have probably said oh that's rammed it was wicked we just crack on and just get pissed and just not really think about it where now i'm like that was ace that's fucking great you man. do though i think don't you yeah you of know course. With, like with you as well it's like if you do anything like that you're like fuck lucky to do it
did the TV show come about for you guys? TV show? Yeah, didn't you do... You had a show on... Um, I can't even remember the name of the channel. What, Bravo, was it? Years and years ago. Oh, yeah, ago. we did something there, didn't we? Yeah, I can that remember you like, headbutting bricks and stuff. Yeah, that, that was John. Yeah. Madman, yeah. <laughs> I don't really know how that come about. It's That's the weirdest thing. Like, things like that just happen. You know, like, when we got back together and uh, this guy, Ben Ward, was our agent and he just rung me up one day and he was like, oh, there's this, um, there's this uh, tampon advert happening and they want to film you guys playing in like in the underworld when you're playing i was like oh yeah okay well i totally forgot about it i was like yeah that sounds fucking ace and then like a couple of months went past we we turned up at it uh underworld and like the boys were like why are there a big tv production here i was like oh fuck yeah we're doing that tampon advert today and he was like what the fuck and like we end up doing this like tampon advert and it ended up in like the Odeon and stuff like that. I can TV. remember. I could, this is all ringing a bell. Yeah, and it, that that came out of nowhere. Just like, do you want to do this? Mom? Yeah, and that's the thing with me. I'm like, just let's just fucking do it. It's yeah. just fun, you know. We ended up getting paid for it, and it was like you get your mate, like, your mates be ringing. You go, fuck! I just seen you on in in the Odeon. It's <laughs> like it just sort of stuff like just sort of lands on our lap sometimes. It's just, I don't know how. <laughs> It's quite funny, but yeah, I don't know how that TV thing sort of came. That, that's another Bianchi. Yeah, he like, pulled that oh, out this TV somewhere. Things come out. Where the where's that come from? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, all right. <laughs> so it's all guys. Who will you shut the fuck up? Thank you. I've got uh, I've got four more questions for you. That's Lovely. cool. Yeah. They're kind of non-related, really. Lovely. So, if you were a boxer, a wrestler, or a fighter of any sorts, what would your entrance music be? Oh, my God. That's too hard. I'd say Saturday Night Fever. (laughs) (laughs) It's a banger. It's a banger. (laughs) It is a banger. Get everyone up, dancing. It's got the right tempo to walk yeah. down the right. Uh, and obviously, the opening line, as you can tell, uh, the way I use my walk. Yeah. So, roll in. that's actually pretty fucking good. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> the bang. All right, man. Uh, <laughs> what do you think is the greatest TV theme tune of all time? Whoa. Only Fools in Horses. Oh, mate. Ever. I knew you were going to say, I don't know, right, that reminded me. So we had a roadie called Rodney at the gig that we played with you guys. Yeah. He's this massive dude, not into music at all. And we were petrified of you guys because it was our first, like, big gig. And we were like, fucking our Raging Speed on it. And it, like the the TV show had been out with you headbutting yeah. bricks, and you know you were the Corby bad boys. And we're like, oh fucking hell! And we couldn't find Rodders for ages, and then when we finally found him. He was talking to yourself, Frank, and uh, the blonde haired guy. I think it was your bass player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, about Only Fools and Horses. Yeah, you just we love it. <laughs> I love it. Still love it. Still watch it now. It's love amazing, it. isn't it? It's the best. You can't mm. beat it. It's the best sitcom ever made. Yeah. Yeah. Done. What do you think's better, the intro or the outro? The intro's just the one, isn't it? Yeah. It's just the one. Yeah. You can't beat it. Do you know that um, Chaz and Dave were booked to sing that? No way. Yeah. Yeah. They were booked to sing that, and the the writer, John, what's his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, he he wrote he sung it for as a guide track, and um, I think Chaz and Dave couldn't make it, so they just kept the guide track. No way. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So it's meant to be Chaz and Dave. That's awesome. My friend up here, well, the drummer from Funeral for a Friend. Yeah, he's got like the fuck. He's got the best Only Fools and Horses tattoo. He's got Batman in Rod. Batman oh, no Robin. way, really? It's the, yeah, it's the best tattoo I've ever seen. It's like, 
I remember just we were just talking one night. I was like, "Fuck, is that Batman and Only Fools and Horses?" Like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the best. Like, fucking hands down, the best time I've ever seen in my life, mate. <laughs> it's so good. every Christmas, I watch the three, the back to back where they become millionaires. Yeah. Watch that every year. The the scene lift the the lift scene. Sorry, yeah, makes me gets me every time. Yeah. Love it, mate. Love it all. What a show. Love it all. I've got every 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 DVD they brought out. <laughs> I just love it. What's your favourite episode? Oh, my favourite. Oh, God, that's a hard one. That is, that's a hard one. There's too many. There's too many. Dates is a good one. Yeah, I don't know if you ever seen that. The feature, le- the feature length one. Is that the one where he meets Raquel for the first time? Yeah, yeah, by yeah. by the, the outside the yeah. station under the clock. And Jolly yeah. Boys out, and that's yeah, a, that's yeah, one. yeah, cracker. Yeah. Love it. Might watch tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man. Uh, what song would you like played at your funeral? Oh. When you're going down to get burned, I'd say Highway to Hell would be the ah uh, nice. Has nice. to be, it has to be. Yeah, I don't. When you, I've always said this. I don't want my funeral to be like somber and nah, bit like that. Like, there's no point. Like, just have a good time. <laughs> but yeah, gotta have fun with it, ain't you? Absolutely, no point, man. No point moping about. Just get nah. on with it. Have a good time. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Um, what advice would you give your younger self? I wouldn't. <laughs> so, because then I'd be different of what I've done in my life. Mate. And I love everything I've done in my life. I love everything I've done as a in this band and you know, got nothing to really regret about, have I? I find it quite easy, really. That is the wicked. Best fucking answer anyone's ever given me. Normally everyone goes quite deep. And they'd say, I'd say, don't do this and you do that and think about this more, think about this less. You were just like, Never. I wouldn't say fuck all. Nah, it's no fucking point, is it? You know, it's like, uh, you know, well, I left school with no qualifications, did fucking left school when I was like nearly 14, fuck all. And to be honest with you, if I'd have stayed at school and done all that, I probably wouldn't be where I am now. Absolutely. You what know, a nice house, done all right for myself. and. I'm in a wicked band and I've toured yeah, the world. You, are. you know, and like people who I know who have got all that have never fucking left their hometown and done fuck all. So fuck your teachers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Mate. saying that to my daughter. I'm like, fucking go to school. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't change nothing. I don't think. Nah, I wouldn't. Nothing. No. Mate. Not a thing. What can I say to that? You are the man. Can't, can you? Can't. I wish I was in London now. I'll come and see Bianchi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, next time down in London, well, um, yeah, let's yeah. get him out. Let's, let's meet up and have a beer. Yeah, it'd be wicked yeah. to do that. Yeah. I'd love to see him. Yeah, Dude, see thank him. you so much for doing thank this. Thank you, mate. Sorry it took so long. Not Sorry, at all, man. Mate, it was more than worth the wait. You were fucking brilliant, man. Really, awesome. really appreciate it. When I'm down in London... I'll, get, I'll see if you're about. Yeah, man. I'd love yeah. that. Let's have a yeah, beer. Yeah, it'd be Let's awesome. Let's have a beer and headbutt some bricks. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be a beer. It'd be beers. Yes. <laughs> That's fine with me. That's fine with me. See Take you soon, care, bud. Brother. Bye-bye, see mate. Bye-bye. 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 Bye. <laughs> How awesome is Gordon? He's a naughty boy, isn't he? Bloody hell. So straight off the bat, I want to say a big thank you to Gordon for giving us his time and coming on the show and telling us all his tales. It was absolutely brilliant. I had such a good laugh with that guy. And mate, let's get that beer in ASAP. During that episode, you'd have heard tracks from Raging Speed Horde's latest album, Hard to Kill, which is available on all streaming platforms along with their entire back catalogue. It's heavy, it's hard, it's awesome. Get yourself on the Raging Speed Horde page and listen to some awesome UK metal. While you're at it, check out some Viking Skulls, also available on all streaming platforms. 
You can catch Raging Speedhorn out on the road this year. Specifically, they'll be headlining the Funeral Fest Festival, which is actually really hard to say, on the 30th of June. They'll be headlining the Friday night. You can also see them in November out on the road with their brother Skindred. Now, what a lineup that is. Who wouldn't want to miss that show? Also, on the 3rd of November, celebrating the 20th anniversary of their debut album, Viking Skulls will be at the BEC Arena in Manchester. Okay, what of it being episode 5? I find it only fitting to let you know that I found out today that we are a 5 star rated podcast. So I want to say a massive thank you to everyone who gave us a 5 star rating and left some lovely comments about the podcast. I really appreciate it so much. Thank you. You didn't have to do that, and you did. Love ya. And also, it's time for my first ever shout-out. So I'd like to say a big shout-out to Marceline and Winona the Cats. I found out from my good friend Leah today that her cats only ever pay attention to what's on the stereo. Stereo? All right, granddad. They only pay attention when it's either Taylor Swift or the Band Before the Band Before podcast. So I'm in pretty good company. Or Taylor's in really bad company. Whatever. But anyway, what up, kitty cats? Gotta say it like Carol Baskin, then. And that's about a wrap for another week. Thank you all so much for listening. I love ya. Come and follow us at The Band Before The Band Before on both Facebook and Instagram. I'm a bit too old for a TikTok. And also, if you want to get in touch with us, hit us up at tbbtbbpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on the podcast. Let us know if you've got any band stories you want to share. I'd love to hear them. I'm sure we all would. Anyway, take care of yourself. Have a lovely week, whatever part of the week it is. Whatever's left, who cares? I've lost myself here. Have a great time. Have a great time. I'll see you later. I'm shit goodbyes. Bye. Bye.